G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. I'd just come off the back of a really good season of racing the Lightning Sprints. We'd had a, a great run where we'd won a lot of races and done really well. And, and at that point, all of a sudden, I just wanted more. You know, bigger was better. Sort of left our family race team and went off racing for a, um, a guy who owned the car and just wanted me to drive it. So I went and did that and got sort of mixed up with alcohol and a lot of other bits and pieces. You know, it, it was just, was not a great life and it, it just went downhill and downhill. The Story. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Darren Farmelow is a cabinet maker who has a real heart for motorsports. Karen Hunt chatted with Darren just before he set off on a new adventure of becoming a chaplain to race car drivers in California. Today we'll hear about this exciting new chapter in Darren's life and we'll also find out what led up to this big change in his life. Tell us, when you are a little guy, Darren, where exactly were you and how did you get into this field? Well, Karen, I mean, first of all, I mean, I, I grew up in a, uh, it was a great Christian home. It was myself and my sister, but uh, my father and, and mother, for that matter, but my father was very much a, a motorhead, you know. I mean, yeah. um, we grew up with, with cars and, and racing and everything. It was just, just cars everywhere. And, you know, I, uh, I remember right from the early years going to school and uh, getting up in the morning, coming out of my bedroom, getting ready for school and everything, and I'd be getting up to Dad having, like, the Formula Ones on TV or, or something like that. Motor racing was in my life right from a very young age through to uh, probably maybe when I was around about 9 or 10 years old. My dad really started getting involved in racing go-karts. It was actually at a church, with a church club out at Logan City, but there was a little dirt racing track that they used to race on out there once a month at uh, Jacob's Well. And um, as a little tack, I used to go out there and just hang around and watch them and watch them race all day and just wait for the end of the day when Dad would put the little extension pedals on the, on the <laughs> front of the cart there so we could reach them. And yeah. my sister and I would get on the track and have a bit of a race around there afterwards. And, uh, and yeah, I guess that's where my, my passion for, for motor racing really started kicking in. And by the age of 12, we started racing go-karts on the on the dirt track speedways um that was in a was actually at the chandler velodrome on a little dirt speedway track that they built inside of there and and it just sort of progressed from that up to racing uh lightning sprint cars on the on the speedway which obviously just gets you know a bit more full-on as you get older and um yeah so that was where it all started it started very young age from from my parents really and your sister as well yeah she had a bit to do with it um not so much as what I did, but uh, yeah, she certainly was gr- you know was brought up in that same sort of environment, and uh, she raced the uh, the carts with us for a number of years, and and had a uh, few races in the uh, lightning sprint cars when when uh, we had them. But um, yeah, it was never really a major interest for her, but. Um yeah, certainly for me it was. Let's just hone in more on, on your early years. Your wife, tell us, was she a part of this world? How did you guys get together? No, she's had absolutely zero to do with motor racing. Yeah. Which, 
which can be a good thing. So, no, she certainly had nothing to do with it at all um, until she met me, and and then it sort of went from nothing to everything. <laughs> so, uh, no, she's uh, she's a very supportive and and gracious woman, and um, we met. Actually, it was a bit of a whirlwind romance, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we were together for only a matter of a couple of months. We got together in January of two thousand and. Three. I better get this right, hadn't I? <laughs> and yes. uh, we were married by May of 2003. Wow. And, uh, that was just another story all, all of its own there, the way God blessed us there. But, uh, yeah, so that, and it's just been, it's been great ever since. But, no, she never had anything to do with motor racing until now. So was it a quick, you know, quick jump on in, I better be a part of this? Well, in some ways, yes and no. Um, initially, just prior to us actually meeting, sorry, um, I actually sort of left the motor racing scene for a number of reasons and um, at that point I really didn't want to get back into it. A few things had sort of gone down and I thought I'd had enough and I'd left it all. So when we sort of met and got together and she had nothing to do with really any motor racing at all, it really sort of suited quite well. But um, after a number of years and for anybody who's been involved in motor racing or any sort of sport or anything in general really, I mean, when you're so driven and want to succeed in a certain area, I mean, it really hits you hard. And, uh, you know, I had this motor racing bug in me that, that I tried to get out for a number of years but really couldn't do it. And uh, and a number of years down the track, I actually thought, you know, we'll get back into it and start racing um, racing go-karts again and things like that. But um, at that point, financially, it just wasn't really viable for us to do and put a few pressures in, in a few places. And, um, yeah, we sort of let that slide. So she's had to sort of grow with that as we've moved along. But it's been an adjustment for both of us, really. Mm-hmm. So what's her thing? What does she love? What's her passion? Sport. She just loves sport in general. She's a very... Uh, she's a bit of a, a fitness fanatic, running and and going to the gym and um, you know all that sort of thing. Back in high school, she was a very uh, she's a very competitive sort of person when it came to high jump. She was you know great at high jump and and all those sort of track and field events and uh-huh. things like that. So yeah, she's just naturally a very competitive and, and sporty type of person. So yeah, so very athletic. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Darren, you were telling me that there was a season in your earlier life a. a transition time where you were racing with your family, you were involved with your family in church, but something happened and you actually transitioned away from church, away from your family. Can you just, you know, fill us in on that a little bit? Absolutely. I think I think it's it's a bit of a, uh, a trap of Satan, to be honest, is, is to throw worldly things at us. And, um, and I mean, look, to be honest, some of these things are really quite appealing. And uh, and over the years of racing go-karts and then racing the lightning sprints with, with my family, we had our own race team and a couple of cars and, and, uh, and things were going really well. And at one point, it was after, it was not, back in 1998 actually, so it was a few years back, I'd just come off the back of a really good season of racing the lightning sprints. We'd had a, a great run where we'd won a lot of races and done really well. And, and at that point, all of a sudden, I just wanted more. You know, bigger was better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I stepped aside and... Um, sort of left our family race team and went off racing for a, um, a guy who owned the car and just wanted me to drive it. So it was a very appealing sort of an offer to say, look, come and drive the car. You don't have to pay anything towards it. So I went and did that, and we did that for a number of, a number of years. And, uh, well, obviously left all my church friends and my youth group friends at the time and started more so getting involved with the, the racing, a lot of people within the racing scene. And 
you know, these people, they just had different ways of doing things, you know. I mean, certain ways of the world and got sort of mixed up with alcohol and a lot of other bits and pieces, you know, I get thrown in and and um, and partying and certain things were appealing, but it's just, it was just was not a great life and it, it just went downhill and downhill to the point where one day um, I just said, this is it, this is, I've just had enough of, of this life, you know, you, you do certain things where... You know, certain moral values and standards that you've always set for yourself get smashed and one day you just wake up and realise that, you know, you've just, you know, you've wrecked your life. You've sort of gone right into a pit. And, um, yeah, at that point I just said, I've had enough of motor racing and left. Honestly, I'd walked away and uh, and I believe God had been also preparing me for this time. I mean, in a, in a time where I had nothing to do with God, I you know I wasn't praying, I wasn't going to church, fellowshipping with Christians or anything. Yet I still believe fully that He was preparing me for a time when this was going to happen. You know, He um, we sold all of my own cars that I'd been racing. I had nothing to actually hold me to motor racing at this point. So when I decided enough was enough, I could just turn around and walk out of this sport and have no ties whatsoever to it at all at that point. Looking back on it, that was a real blessing because from then on in that's when God stepped in and said right I you know you've tried doing it your way now it's my turn so just just let me do it and I can tell you it was a pretty wild ride for the next 12 months yeah but you met your wife as a result absolutely absolutely <laughs> it was only it was only a couple of only a matter of a couple of months later actually that I'd met her and uh it was really only 12 months from when I'd walked away from motor racing to when we did actually get married so it really was just a real blessing blessing of God to for me to actually meet Esther at that point. So you're currently living in Kingaroy. The cabinet making thing, was that just a natural progression when you left school? Was it something just to give you a trade to fall back on? How does that fit in your story? Yeah, well, it was a natural progression to get out of school, to be honest, Karen. Okay. Yeah, my father is a cabinet maker uh-huh. uh, and, and he had a uh, cabinet making business for 25 odd years. So um, I was about 15 when I started my apprenticeship with him and it was close to the end of year 10. He came to me one day and he said, look, you know, would you consider taking on an apprenticeship with me and stepping out of school? And at that point, to be honest, school wasn't really offering me a great deal, so I've gone, absolutely, and I'll go and, go and do that. So, uh, yeah, so I did, did my apprenticeship with him for four years and um, worked with him for a number of years after that. And, yeah, from then on, have worked with a number of different companies through to uh, actually running our own business for the last couple of years. Okay, and that's been in Kingaroy? A little town called Wandai, which was about yeah thirty kilometres north of uh, north of Kingaroy. Okay, so how long have you been there altogether? With the business, just under three years ago, actually, and um, you know it was very much a, a blessing of God to actually start that business. And yeah, I mean, we it was at a point where I was sort of searching, I suppose, in a way to to find exactly what what I wanted to do. I mean, um, you know, I've always been a reasonably driven type of a type of a guy. You know, that likes to get out there and and give things a go um, and uh, and running my own business we'd sort of done it uh, on the side for a number of years you know I mean I'd been working with people but running our own um, business in a smaller fashion on the side and we got to a point where um, I thought look I think we need to really step out here and and try it in a, on a, you know in a bit of a bigger sort of a scale mm-hmm. and uh, you know after after a lot of prayer I said to Esther one day when we were just driving around, I said, um, I honestly believe that God is saying to us, look, if you, you take that step of faith and, and sign up to leasing a shed, that I will bring you the work. Uh-huh. And, uh, 
And I said, look, I've, I've seen this shed down in Wandai, so let's go for a drive and have a look at it. And uh, Esther and I were down there, and we had a bit of a look at it all. And to cut a very long story short, we've just said while we were there, we actually said, look, we believe this is the right shed for us to actually start up a business. So we said, we'll do it. We'll get in touch with the real estate and, um, and sign, a, sign a lease on this shed. And you wouldn't believe it, within five minutes of actually doing that, I had a text message on my phone from a client in town here in Kingaroy actually saying to me, we want you guys to go ahead and do our whole house full of cabinetry, like laundry, vanities, kitchen, the whole thing. So to me, that was absolute confirmation from God mm. saying, look, you know, you've taken that step of faith here and said, we'll sign up to a shed. So here's my end of it, and I'm starting to bring you the work. And I can honestly tell you, Karen, from that moment forward, we never had a slow week. Mm. We were booked up, you know, three to four months in advance in an economy and a market up here that was quite slow at the time. Yeah, so God's blessing really went before us in that way from the moment we, we signed on to that shed. You're listening to The Story. Today, Karen Hunt is chatting with cabinet maker and racing car enthusiast, Darren Farmelo, who's sharing his life journey and the events that led up to him becoming involved with Races for Christ in the USA. We'll hear more of Darren's story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with more of Karen Hunt chatting with cabinet maker and racing car enthusiast Darren Farmelow sharing his life journey. Next, we're going to hear how Darren decides to combine his love for motorsports with his love for the Lord. Tell us how you came to connect with Races for Christ in the US of A. We, for a number of years after after leaving the motor racing scene, um, you know, 10 odd years ago, you know, I tried a number of different ways to actually get back involved in motor racing again. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of failed attempts. And at the time, it was very frustrating thinking, you know, because I was thinking I would love to be able to get out there and combine my, my love for Christ and, and motor racing, you know, to put the two together and really get out there and serve him. And uh, looking back over those attempts and over those times, I could honestly say that they were probably more, um, there was more selfish motivation than there was anything else. It was more so for me to try and get back behind the wheel or, or get back involved in motor racing than anything. And... Um, and it came to a point where, again, I'd actually just said, look, Lord, if, if I'm ever to get back involved in motor racing again, it needs to be of you. It needs to be 100% you driving me into doing this. And a few months had passed. It was one night I just happened to type in motor racing chaplaincy. And the very first website that actually came up that night was uh, Races for Christ. Uh-huh. And um, I you know, had a bit of a read through it. Found out they were based, they were actually based out of Phoenix in Arizona in the United States. Yeah. And just backtracking a little bit, I mean, I was always involved in dirt track speedway here in Australia. That was that was my thing. That was what we were doing. And yeah. um, the United States was sort of the place to be when it came to, to speedway racing with the sprint cars and all the bits and pieces. That was the place where all the good drivers were coming from and, and uh, the development and all the bits and pieces. Everything was coming out of the United States. So there was always a real draw card for me personally to want to go to the United mm. States and race there and um, just 
meet these people and to hang out with this motor racing scene that was so big. So when I came across the races for Christ's site and found out they were based out of the United States, it initially really started pushing some buttons with yes. me. And I thought this is a um, this could be a real opportunity here. So really, I came across them just online, and uh, from there it sort of it just grew from that. So I'm looking online right now, and it tells me at the website teamrfc.org, teamracesforchrist.org, they provide chapel services, pastoral care, outreach, and Christian fellowship to motor sports events. Here you are in Kingaroy, your wife, your four kids, you are a cabinet maker, you haven't as such had any chaplaincy training, any ministry training as such. You've got a heart for this industry and for the people involved and you're actually about to now uproot and go to California, so not Phoenix, Arizona, but go to Bakersfield in California and become a chaplain with this organisation. That's a big change in your world. Pretty exciting? It is absolutely exciting. It's a, it's a massive change. You know, you go from being excited to anxious to nervous about what's coming up next and back to exciting again. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very big change, you know. It's, uh, it's a big change for our whole family. Yeah, it's just really is just a step of faith. And I'm interested to see not just going to be a chaplain, but also to work in your trade as a cabinet maker. There's a job waiting for you uh, with design and sales of kitchens and bathrooms. It takes a lot of steps to make something like this happen. Moving countries, uh, provision, finances. Tell us that part of your journey and step by step, how has this come to be and what's still yet left to happen? Yeah, look, we, we had, uh, obviously when all this started, we, we flew over to the States and met the team at Races for Christ and, and when we came back, we thought, yes, this is where we need to be. This is where we believe the Lord's leading us. Um, so now we need to start putting things into action. And when we flew back into the country, what we had was we obviously had the business. We had two vehicles and, and the house were, were probably the four major things that we had to um, we had to move on. And within my own mind, I always thought that the business was going to be the, the hardest thing to sell. You know, I mean, ideally, I would have liked to have sold it as a complete package. But I thought, look, honestly, at the end of the day, if we need to, we'll just break it all up and sell it off in pieces. But God blessed us again. You know, he went before us and um, provided a, a, a young fellow to come through and, and buy the business out right. from underneath us. So that was a real blessing. It actually came the day before I was about to move all of our machinery out of the shed. So, uh, you know, just, just perfect timing. So the business was actually the first thing to go. Um, and then over the last couple of months, we've we've sold off the two vehicles, so we're now down to to borrowing a car off our parents, uh-huh. a car which actually you know, it's a five seater car for six of us, so <laughs> yeah. it provides a few challenges. But uh, we're getting there. Lucky we live in town here in Kingaroy. But yeah, we're you know we're now down to just selling off the house, and I mean it's all a step of faith. This whole this whole yeah. journey, we know that without a doubt that God has provided a way for us to go over there. Um, that this is where He's leading us to. So. We're down to having to sell off our house, which is, you know, going to provide the major part of our financials to actually get there and and completely free us up from Australia. 
when you know that he has gone before us and actually said, yes, this is where I want you to go, you can still sit on something so major as a house here and know that he's going to sell it for mm-hmm. us at the right time mm-hmm. and not have that, that real concern. So uh, it's, it's good. It was something that was always... Always thought, you know, coming closer to the time, it might have been a bit of a, a bit of a worrying time. Thinking, look, we're still sitting on this house, but it really just doesn't concern us a great deal. We just know that he'll come through at the right time for us. You have a job waiting for you as well at the other end, not just the chaplaincy role you'll be fulfilling, but you have a job waiting there with a company called Dream Maker Bath and Kitchen in Bakersfield, two hours drive north of LA. How did all that come about? That actually uh, it came about through, uh, through Races for Christ, believe yeah. it or not. We... We, um, look, when we came back, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, we obviously need to get work because the chaplaincy role is a volunteer role. Yep. Um, but, look, we need to get work to get the visas and all the bits and pieces to get over into the country. And um, and in my mind, we flew back in thinking, right, I'll get in touch with five or six, seven cabinet-making businesses in Bakersfield and, and um, you know, make contact with them, fly over there and meet them and possibly come back with a job opportunity and... And in my mind, that's what I was thinking. But uh, again, God had different plans. I got on the Races for Christ website there one night. And in it, actually, sorry, it was a newsletter that they sent out to us. And uh, in this newsletter, it was just introducing a, a new couple from the um, northeastern side of America. And in it, they mentioned that they owned a Dream Maker Bath and Kitchen franchise. And I just said to Esther, look at this, how cool is it? You know, mm-hmm. that these guys are into Races for Christ. They own a Dream Maker Bath and Kitchen. But, well, they own a kitchen business. But how cool would it be? But they're on the northeastern side. We want to go to the southwestern side. That's where we were heading. So I thought, look, that's just not really going to work. But then it dawned on me, and I thought, I'm sure I'd seen a Dream Maker bath and kitchen in Bakersfield. And after a bit more research, I came across finding out that they're actually a franchised um, franchised company. Yeah. Um, and they're actually a Christian franchised company. Fantastic. So, you know, it was just an amazing <laughs> blessing and a series of events there. We made contact with them and... And Esther, she's a very... When she talks, I listen. And uh, and she said to me, look, I don't really think we need to um, even get in contact with anyone else. We need to just send a letter off to these guys and and go from there. And um, one thing led to another, and we got the job over the phone. And it's not just uh, any job. I mean, there's potential here to... Like, they're actually employing us to go over there and um, really fill quite a significant role within the business so yeah that's just been an amazing blessing and and the couple that actually own the business that it's a lovely christian couple that they just want us there now so you know we're just going through the visa process and all the bits and pieces that we need to do to get into the country and um and yeah we'll be there as soon as you know in, in god's perfect timing oh anticipation plus hey yeah it is how do the kids feel about the move Oh, they're great. Yeah? They're, they're really looking forward to it. A few months back, we were sort of tossing up between California and Texas for a few things, and we said to them, look, where would you prefer to go, Texas <laughs> or California? And they said, well, which one's closer to Disneyland? <laughs> we said, well, Bakersfield, California. They said, well, that's where we're going. So, uh, no, they're really excited. Like, when we were there and spent some time in uh, in Disneyland and then Legoland and all these places for them to to give them a real, you know, real good holiday, and, yes. and they loved it. So, no, they're really excited to go back. It's constantly something they're talking about all the time. So north of LA, is that on the coastline, the Big Sur coast, or is it a little bit inland? It's a little bit inland. It's about two hours in from the coast. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar situation to what Kingaroy is here oh, in Queensland, okay. actually. Familiar. So a couple of hours from LA, and it's a couple of hours from the coast. Yeah, quite a 
bigger sort of a, a city, really. I believe it's about the same size as Toowoomba or something like that. So. Okay. And as a chaplain, Darren, you'll be getting involved in speedway racing, so both on the asphalt and dirt, along with the occasional drag race, you said, that comes up? Uh, races for Christ, they're, I suppose their their main sort of area that they're really involved in is in the NHRA drag racing pro circuit in the States. The Races for Christ are the, are the organisation that provides the chaplains to the top fuel drag races over there and uh, and travel around to all their weekly events across the United States. So, you know, every now and then when there's a major series coming through close to where we are in Bakersfield, we'll go down and give the guys a hand at those events at like Pomona and places like that. Um, but a majority of my time will certainly be within the local speedways um, within the California area around Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but California itself has approximately 53 speedways, so you know there's a there's a pretty big opportunity there to actually go and, and share at a lot of tracks through that area. I'm sure you'll be getting involved in a, a special Christian community where you are. It's great to know that God's blessed all of us with passions and desires, and He's allowed you and your family to use these for him. God bless you, hey, as you continue preparing for the next step of your exciting journey and I look forward to hearing more about how he's able to use you in the US of A. Thank you very much. Take care, Darren. Bye-bye. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye. Well, that was a conversation that Karen Hunt had a few years ago with Darren Farmelow, just before he and his family set off for Bakersfield, California, on a wonderful adventure. As we just heard, Darren's been able to combine his love for motorsports with his love for the Lord. He's a chaplain to race car drivers on weekends, and he continues to work as a cabinet maker during the week. And I'm happy to report that all is going well for him and the family in the USA. And the family's been able to get settled in their new country pretty well. A verse that comes to mind when reflecting on the events of Darren's life is Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. Lord, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. It's great to hear how God has brought great joy into Darren's life by leading him to the things he loves to do. Fantastic. Well, if you'd like to find out more about the ministry that Darren is involved in, Races for Christ USA, you can go to their website, teamrfc.org. Once again, that's teamrfc.org. Well, thanks for joining us for Darren's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The story, just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.